on the next episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We are taking a tour through the history of Asheville Brewing in a way. And we're going to be talking about the second oldest brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. Which cracks me up considering how it's not that old in the grand scheme of things. But it is in a way. What we're doing is we're going to do a brewery takeover of Green Man Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. The Green Man Brewery beers we'll be tasting and discussing today are the ESB Special Amber Ale at 5.5% ABV, the IPA at 6.2%, the GABF 2021 Gold Medal Winning Porter at 6.6% ABV. Congratulations on that. That is huge. Uh, Their lager at 4.2% and the Tart Berry Berliner Weiss Style Ale at 4.2% ABV. We'll be right back after this break. Almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a drink of choice, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Get yourself comfortable in your nice cozy chair and settle in because we're taking a little drive into history of sorts. I am Gudegal Juliana, and this is a Suds segment where the more we drink, the smarter we sound. Well, I mean, at least to us. Joining me at the table today is good old boy Kendall. Hello. I am really excited to be here. He always sounds smart, though. He's very smart. I know. That's why he sounds smart. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Mark, hello. Hello, Hello. it's so good to be here today with you all. He sounds like he should be hosting like a kid's show or something. Hello, children. (laughs) This is a family-friendly beer show. That's true. This is, yes. I'm a Mr. Rogers of beer. Reverend Mark, tell us about the history of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kids, it goes like this. (laughs) Yeah. Was that with or without rabbits? (laughs) No, oh, don't get that. into that story. <laughs> Good old boy, Sean. Hello. Hello. Good to be back. And hello to everyone out there listening to us, wherever you're listening to us at. Yes. Hey, well, that was a lot. I, he was just acknowledging everyone right. that's listening to us, which is good. We need to do that from time complex. to time. It was, as it should be. Good old boy, Dave. Hello. I got the poo on me. Oh boy. That's how you introduce yourself. <laughs> oh. As we set the tone. Yeah. Well, okay. Today I'm really, really, really excited about. We are taking a tour through the history of Asheville Brewing in a way. And we're going to be talking about the second oldest brewery 
in Asheville, North Carolina, which cracks me up considering how it's not that old in the grand scheme of things, but it is in a way. What we're doing is we're going to do a brewery takeover of Green Man Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. Good old boy, Dave. Why don't you hit us with some knowledge? Okay. Let's <laughs> see. Hello, friends. Uh, a Green Man is a sculpture, unless it's the Incredible Hulk. A Green Man is a sculpture, drawing, or other representation of a face surrounded by or made from leaves. Branches or vines may sprout from the nose. Out, dude, that would mess up your sinuses. Uh, nose, mouth, nostrils, or other parts of the face. And these shoots may bear flowers or fruit. Commonly used as a decorative architectural ornament, green men are frequently found on carvings in churches and other buildings, both secular and ecclesiastical. That's Reverend Mark's yeah. area Real of house, expertise. Yeah. The Green Man is also a popular name for English public houses and various interpretations of the name appear on end signs, which sometimes show a full figure rather than just a head. And you'd be surprised where the branches come out when it's the full body. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so the legendary Green Man has existed for centuries, but it's no myth that he's been brewing great beer in Asheville since 1997. As one of North Carolina's original breweries, Green Man has been producing some of the beer scene's most iconic ales. Our offerings are consistently recognized for quality and loyalty to traditional English styles. Additionally, our brewers strive to bring innovative and exciting new flavors to beer-loving loving folks. Thank you. That was a lot of hard words yeah. to say. It was, wasn't it? I felt like I had branches coming out of my... Eyeballs. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Are you a branch Davidian? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we're done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That All didn't right. take long. We'll see did if we it? can leaf that out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, good old boy, Sean. Why don't you give us a lineup for today? <laughs> sure thing. The Green Man Brewery beers we'll be tasting and discussing today are the ESB Special Amber Ale at 5.5% ABV, the IPA at 6.2%, the GABF 2021 Gold Medal Winning Porter Woo-hoo! at 6.6% ABV. Congratulations on that. That is huge. Uh, their Lager at 4.2% and the Tart Berry Berliner Weiss Style Ale at 4.2% ABV. Thank you very, very much. Reverend Mark, why don't you give us the Suds ratings for today? Be glad to. Uh, Today we'll be discussing and rating these beers with the Suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Hear how the ratings go. One, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, What a relief. Number four, a body should really not make that sound. And number five, listen to that hang time. Give me another. Okay, before we get into the beer, though. Uh Oh. Reverend Mark, okay, since you're on the... 
churchy side of things. No more. But anyway. Well, I'll try you to know be. what I mean. Oh, but you're still churchy. You're All churchy. Right. You're yeah. way churchy. Green man for you. Yeah. What does that mean? Does it mean anything? You know, I think it has more of Celtic kind of connections to Christianity okay. than it does like a broader Orthodox understanding of how you, you know, signify a church. So that's what little I understand about. The, okay. And, and, you know, Christianity is not... Uh, Homogeneous, you know. I mean, there it, you have you to look. Don't at, say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well. We don't want to get Shop into that it. discussion either. That's one reason. Yeah, <laughs> we try to be more friendly than we, you know, we need to be. And I'm not speaking for the church. Believe me, I'm just speaking for my knowledge of the church. But yeah, I do think that that it has a lot of connections with the Celtic. Um, so do you uh, think like Christianity? Yeah. Okay. Do you think like as a way to bridge and kind of make like pagan people more amenable to coming into the church that's what they i was let wondering. them yeah. involve some of their symbolism and stuff like that exactly and you okay. know when i was a young pastor i there was this one woman in my church she was just against any kind of drink it under any kind of kind of conditions and i reminded her that you know the very first miracle in the gospel of john was jesus turning wine a uh, water into wine you know and she thought about this she knew the bible really really well she thought about it and then she just said well, I know, but he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so, no way. <laughs> wow. So, At least she's honest. She would have given so, Jesus a good scolding. So the lesson to me as a young minister was, whatever Jesus doesn't get away with, you are surely not going to get away with. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's fair. So yes, I drank my beer in fair. the parking lot before I came into the church. Uh, nice. before, before, the, the way. before we went to the spaghetti dinner. <laughs> <laughs> with the potluck ambrosia salad for dessert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the green jello salad. Oh, There's the connection. Yes. The oh, green. Oh, yeah. Very good. Wow. Very good. Leaves and twigs yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. Nice. They left the stems in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little essence. You got to have a little essence. And you had to stay away from the spaghetti and meatballs from the widow that had the 16 cats. Yeah. Ooh, meatballs, hairballs. All right. How about we uh, drink a beer? Okay. Let's start with a classic, or at least I think this one is a classic. It's their ESB, Special Amber Ale, 5.5% ABV. It's their take on a classic. This English Amber Ale is brewed with 100% English ingredients, Mm. using only Simpsons malts, English Fuggle Hops, and classic English Ale yeast strain. Expect malty notes of toasted biscuit, toffee, caramel, along with low notes of dried fruit from the yeast and herbal and woody flavors from the hops. And everyone is nodding their head in agreement. A balanced everyday drinker inspired by the British pub. A malty amber ale boasting rich toasted and caramel flavors. It is one of their award-winning signature brews as well. And I believe this is um, taken many awards at GABF over the years. I do believe, yeah. Hmm. I should. should have looked that up before we started the taping, but yes, it's all good. It is. It's an excellent beer. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. All those descriptors you read—they're yeah. all there. Yeah, yeah. If I if it is if this had been a blind tasting, I would have almost thought Fuller's or yeah. You know, I mean, not to take away from them. Sure, sure. But it's yeah, it's very classic. Um, has that nice, just enough sweetness to end on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The only thing I wouldn't have picked up on if they hadn't said it, I think, was the dried fruit. But then once once they say it, 
then it's like okay yeah that that makes sense yeah and you definitely get that toasty nutty Mm a little bit of caramel all going on definitely all the way through it toffee in the nose oh yeah. yeah right yeah for somebody that is used to maybe some beers that don't have a lot of flavor um and you know we've all been there and high school college whatever having something like this really to me highlights the fact that beer can be so much more at five and a half percent yes i mean there's a lot going on here but it's layered it's lovely it's easy drinking it can i mean anybody can be happy with this there's a little bit of hopness to it so for those of you that like hops you're going to taste it it's there it's not going to be in your face but it's still available and for those of us that love the malts and the yeast this thing shines it's i mean it's like sunshine it's so so good and it is the malt thing and it is that often they're slightly under attenuated mm-hmm. yeah so right out of the gate i think it's safe to say we're going to give this esb a suds five Woohoo, man that's that's starting out high man i hope the rest of the flight can but this is a classic and they've been doing it so well for such a long time yeah yeah it's so dialed in but you know when you go into a traditional place this is what you would want I've had the pleasure of selling a number of pints of these of this beer. <laughs> we will be back with more beer from Green Man in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're talking about a brewery that is part of the fabric of Asheville, North Carolina. And, well, North Carolina, for that matter. We're talking about Green Man Brewery in Asheville that started in 1997. And... Man, with that first beer right out of the gate being so, so yummy, um, let's see where we're headed next. We're going to talk about the IPA. It is their original flagship beer, clocking in at 6.2% ABV. It's a classic American take on the original IPAs from Burton-on-Trenton, England, for those of you that may not know that. Built on a base of Golden Promise malt and just a touch of crystal malt, uh, when they layer in the American sea hops, and for those of you that don't know the seas, it is Columbus, Centennial, and Cascade. Brewing new and old world together to create an IPA their fathers would be proud of. So, thoughts? Definitely a classic British style IPA. Mm-hmm. Except yep. for the hops, yeah. <laughs> except yeah, they, right. You know the malt, the malt backbone uh-huh. of a British IPA comes straight through on this. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If you were a fairly new craft beer drinker and you walked in and it's like, "I'm going to have the IPA," you are not getting the beer you think you're getting because right. no, it's not going to be yeah. juicy or hazy or fruity or sweet. It this is a classic. You get those toasty caramely notes, and it, but but what's great is that twist the American hops give to give it that that citrusy orange and a little lemony contrast to uh to what's going on yeah i i'm i'm just i got this like smile in my in my belly and on my taste buds (laughs) no because it's not too much of one way or another you know and being like an amateur history person i i love the provenance of what this means because honestly Beer in America would be nothing without beer from overseas to help us. Yeah, I mean, for us to put our little twist on, but the basis of everything. And I don't just mean England. I mean, a lot of Europe and a lot of places there. And this is, you know, simple is better. And this is simple. I mean, the little extravagance, if you will, is the American hops that are, you know, the seas that are put into it. 
but just it's hitting all the notes. Yeah, and it's so and tasty. Really, the only you know the the main thing that makes this different from just a traditional English IPA would. You know, if it was English hops, it'd be just a little more floral, maybe kind of more earthy instead of the citrus pop. But I think it actually, it really works. It does. Well. Yes. Right. I like it personally. I think also it still tilts in the direction of the original style. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And so, you know, it really is good for beer history to say, this is where it all came from. And it was sort of like a creature that was birthed out of necessity, you know. These casts were overhopped to be shipped long distances, and yep. this is kind of what you came up with. And yeah, it's still good to sort of have that as a uh, as a benchmark. It is, yeah, because I mean it's still relevant today, and I think even more so now that we're getting well. At least I feel that I'm getting away from the extravagance of what beer flavors has become to bring it kind of back, and and this is such a great example of that. And it's a good example of what I used to call the East Coast IPA. Yes. Yeah. Before, yeah. before yeah. Hazy's existed, mm-hmm. there was a definite style that was different from the big, hoppy mm-hmm. West Coast ones. And they featured that classic British malt yeah. backbone, but Dog, with American hops. Dogfish Head yeah. is another yeah. example mm-hmm. in that. And right. then uh, Brooklyn's IPA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was a great so example. they would use British malts rather yes. than... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, British malts, but then they'd use the American hops, yeah. which is what makes it yeah mm-hmm. really interesting mm-hmm. and makes it the East Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and having someone that's recently revisited a British style APA from a very well known brewery out of uh, Ohio, that was quite a disappointment. This is quite a treat to taste. And, you know, I'm not saying it's maybe the British hops that made it a disappointment, but there's, there, this is much more enjoyable to drink than what I recently had that shall remain nameless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, very, in, mm. very um, easy drinking. And I can do it. Yeah. 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 The IPA from Green Man, we are going to rate a five as well. Uh oh. Let's keep that train rolling. So, interestingly, you know, Green Man, they do, you know, English style beer. So, you know, as a topic of discussion, I found something uh, on the interweb um, from England and um, might kind of t- let the show take a little bit of a darker turn. But so, gentlemen. Uh, was kind of digging around his house and he found a wire, an exposed wire that was leading behind the wall under the stairs in his house. And so he, he kind of dug around in there and he found like this little crevasse or something and like a little cavity behind the stairs. And there was a doll. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hate dolls. Okay. So I hate dolls because they're creepy. Did you right. have G.I. Joe? Yeah. Um, it's not a doll. It's an action figure. <laughs> You're thinking of the Twilight Zone high. I'm talking Tina and I'm going to uh, kill you. That's, yeah. So, <laughs> Chucky. So, so this, this doll, uh, her name was Emily. Oh, no. What a sweet and, name. And uh, she had a note with her. And the note said, um, thank you for freeing me. My original owners lived in this house in 1961. I didn't like them, so they had to go. All they did was sing and be merry. It was sickening. Stabbing was my choice of death for them, so I hope you have knives. <laughs> hope you sleep well. Um, and that was that was kind of the note. Yeah. So he finds a doll and under the stairs with a note that basically she murdered the previous owners of the house, and I hope you have knives and I hope you sleep well. And he thought it was funny. Uh, his friends encouraged him to sell the house immediately. I would have burned it down. 
frankly. <laughs> I, I would have just burned it down. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's England. There you go. All right. Wow. It's crazy over there. Yeah. So um, what is uh, like, have you, so I had a house in East Nashville and uh, I found <laughs> a needle and a spoon tucked away uh, in the uh, in rafters. A yeah, in the rafters <laughs> of the basement. Luckily, did not prick myself in the needle. That's uh, the only old East weird things <laughs> I've found in a, in a home from previous owners. Any you guys ever found anything uh, after you buy it, buy a house? And I never have. No, and I live in a very old home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only thing, it's not creepy so much. It's just kind of very dated now is where they would m- measure the heights of a child that's yes. growing up. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 against a, an inside closet that has a duct that's covered in asbestos. Oh. <laughs> so that child only got to be so tall, and then it says, she died. No. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well played. Well played. <laughs> Nicely wow. done. Nicely done. Yeah. The only parallel I, I died from asbestosis. Right. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You were this high when, you, yeah, when you're, you finally your lungs filled up with it. Yeah. You finally breathed enough of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you grew up partially in your in the house your grandfather built, right? My great grandfather built yes that is still standing it is still standing um it was built in the 1870s uh for those of you that don't know i'm from northeastern pennsylvania we got a lot of old homes that are from old people too and yes there's a lot of old people so there's a little attic hole in what was my brother's um uh what was that place where you closet? Okay, closet. Closet. Yep, sure, closet. Sure, those are good. And me, the inquisitive kid that I am, I mean, I had to I had to go up there, right? Sure. I mean, I just I had to. So I go up there and I find some papers that unfortunately had a lot of there must have been dampness or whatever, but there were papers that my great grandparents put up there. Um unfortunately I didn't know what they were because they were, you know, so yeah, there's something of that. Interesting that family members would put stuff up in an attic that was really hard to get to because you had to get into a closet and then put a little ladder in that closet. And the closet space was not huge. I mean, because back in the day, you had trunks and armoires. You didn't have closets per se. So this was, I guess, an extravagance to even have a closet in a bedroom. You know what I mean? Because didn't they... Like when they taxed people or something, they would like they counted rooms and like and if exactly it, if and it a, didn't closet have a closet was a room. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I have yeah. no idea how my great grandparents coming off the boat, you know, and where they were, like actually had the money to even have this. But there were closets in two of the three bedrooms that were nice. there. So that's like I mean, so it was technically a six bedroom house. I guess it was. Yeah. Although so when really, they would say, yeah. "Hey, come out of the closet," like it was actually like your room. Yeah, May- yeah. Maybe Think about that. Maybe. Yeah, even in my old house, the <laughs> the the so-called walk-in closet, yeah, has just recently been built in that way. It was the washroom. No, yeah, way. yeah. The the only walk-in closet in my house at one time originally was the washroom. Did you have wow. a water closet? Yeah, there? yeah. <laughs> that was that's what they used to call a shower. It was a water closet. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. really impressive. Mm-hmm. And when my 
grandmother married my grandfather, the house got a little remodeled um, because, again, the house was so old it needed to, you know, and they were planning on having at least one child, if not a couple. And I mean, they got one, my mom. Mm-hmm. But um, my grandmother wanted a cedar closet because that was the thing back then. So she could have a fireplace or she could have a cedar closet. And she chose the cedar closet. Like, how crazy is that? You would would not want a cedar fireplace. No, but also like cedar would keep the moss away. Yeah. Right. I mean, and Mm -hmm. for the clothes of the time, I think that was pretty, you know. I have a cedar closet. In the hall. Okay. That's it. No, but that's a <laughs> yeah. thing. Do you just walk in there and just smell? Yeah. Just, <sighs> yeah. Well, that's where the asbestos thing oh, is. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. man. Well, that'll keep the malls away, too. I yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Smell the cedar, inhale the asbestos. What's so, the, my, uh, It's going to kill the malls in two different yeah. ways. At my parents' house, wow. right, right on the outside wall, right by the back door, there's a little chunk taken out of the brick. From where uh, the people that my parents bought the house from, uh, the wife took a shot at the husband and uh, took a chunk out of the wall. Mm. So All right. Well, that's cool. It's yeah. so, her Second Amendment right to do that. That's right. So I think <laughs> I think to bring this all around, we can just all say that we hate dolls and they're creepy. So. <laughs> I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Yeah. Hey, you're a doll. A clown doll. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's my kryptonite. Okay. Moving on. Let's get to the beer that has recently won an award for them at GABF. But I have a feeling that this might not have been the first time. I mean, this... They're old hat at winning awards. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So this is their porter, folks. 6% ABV, a beer style steeped in lore and tradition. Their robust porter is made of a rich, flavorful blend of English crystal and roast malts hung on a backbone of Simpson's Golden Promise. And where would we be... Without golden mm, promise oh, I love malt. It. Love it. I mean, seriously. Hops stay out of the way, allowing the malt complexity to shine. Lots of coffee, chocolate, dark caramel, or caramel for those of you that speak it that way, meld through the flavor and aroma. I mean, I wow. This is wow. perfect. Wow. This is amazing. And you talk, mm-hmm. talk about classic British lineage. I mean, mm-hmm. you can taste it in this beer. Mm-hmm. It's just so satisfying. Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. It, it honestly mm-hmm. is. Yes. <laughs> you know, and for the porter being the redheaded stepchild of a stout, at least I feel that way, to find a well-made porter is, I, I mean, something that you want to shut from the rooftops because the ABV on it is lower. It's more, you know... Every day, right. if you will, and the the complexity of this is just stunning. But you know, we also have Anchor Brewing Company to thank for the salvation yes. of the porter because the porter yes. almost went extinct, except for um, you know uh, Fritz Maytag. Fritz Maytag, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And here we go with a little yeah. bit more history. I mean, in the yeah. scheme of things, and Anchor at one time had the best porter, at least on this side of the Atlantic. Yeah, this is a great example. I'm getting chocolate, coffee, even a little bit of cola. It finishes Mm -hmm. semi-dry. It does have enough little bitterness there to balance out all that sweetness going on. But, yeah, I mean, I've always thought this was Green Man's best beer. Um, Their porter is just always been rock solid yeah it's definitely an influence on me as a brewer i once again sold a lot of this beer at one point in my life and uh when i worked on a porter recipe probably drank a lot of this and drank a lot of it as well yeah i definitely looked to the green man porter for when i worked on my 
Porter recipe. So, and the Golden Promise is really a, a it's an. A, actually, I did not use or, Golden or Promise. Or Mayor Sauter? Uh, uh, actually, I'm trying to remember what I used because I was going more sessional. Uh, I think I actually just used a regular pale malt, but mm-hmm. yeah, Marisotter or Golden Promise would yeah. be wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and our wonderful malts to brew with. A lot of that toasty, biscuity flavor that comes out mm-hmm. of there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good. for those of you thinking about brewing a brown porter, um, Brown malt, Simpson's brown malt or Chris Brown is also a, a really nice yeah. malt. It, they don't list brown malt in this one, so I suspect it's not there, but that's definitely one that I've come yeah. across that, yeah. boy, that, that'll just take your porter to the next level. I would say mm-hmm. like a good first step for anyone who's going to brew a porter would be to drive to Asheville, yes. camp out and drink a lot of this beer. Like I mean, like probably like three gallons of it. I mean, and but then, yeah, you know. a good reference standard. I mean, honestly, and kudos to them for sticking with these beer styles. And I mean, again, they've been around since 97. These are classics, if you will. And they're just as relevant relevant today as they were in the 90s. And I mean, you know, and obviously across the pond beforehand. But it's not not just relevant, a revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and these yeah. the yeah. three beers we've yeah. had so far are all great representations of when you put a really interesting American twist on classic British styles. And I don't think mm-hmm. very few breweries do it as well as Green Man. True. No, yeah. no, no, you're absolutely right, and it's still paying homage to you know the originals, like the forefathers, if you will, putting a little bit of an American twist, but still standing true to what these styles are supposed to be as opposed to completely going off the rails, you know, and just, wow, beautiful. I can't say enough. There's no stink on this. Uh, No, (laughs) there is no stink on this. We are going to rate the classy Porter from Green Man a five. And once again, congratulations on your GAF win. Absolutely, guys. Well, I I was quite happy to see that one listed. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, an underrated beer style. There's How how long has it been since we did five, uh, three fives in a row? I was uh, thinking the same thing. It's been forever if we've done it at all. Maybe, maybe Edmund's, Edmund's O's. show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that they were all fives. Yeah. There yeah. Were, I think there were some four, you know, yeah. some fours that were bordering. But in this there, is but just. Yeah. Yeah. And again, these are styles that you really can't hide behind either, you know, in the scheme of things. So even more kudos to the brewers, the beautiful brewers that they are. Okay, let's go now more American, and we're going to talk about the Wayfarer American IPA. Oh, no, sorry, we're doing the lager. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're doing the lager. The American light lager is made from a 100% malt and German Hallertau hops. It's 4.2% ABV, so super light. An easy drinking crusher for when you just want a beer. They lager the beer for three weeks after a low and slow fermentation with a classic German lager yeast. Notes of cracker and light grain are balanced with just a touch of herbal noble hop characters. This is what you give your Bud Light friends to tell them to shut up. Yes. 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 Yep. And, and they're showing they can't only do classic British styles. They can pull off basically a classic German style. Super nice lager. Mm-hmm. Clean, but some little little aromatic. Mm. And this doesn't taste 4.2%. It's so light. You know? It, I mean, it's, it is light, but there's still, but there's oomph there's still there. Flavor. There's still flavor. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. 
and I love the the the, the those herbal notes you get of those Hallertau hops. It's just yeah. a great German hop, and it really works well with this light malt, crispy, floats right crackery malt. Yeah, just perfect balance. I don't, man. I don't, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're too busy drinking to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a kind of beer. That like lawnmower beer, boat beer, going out camping beer, beer sitting inside beer, beer. Yep. gateway to craft beer. Yeah, yes. just yeah. yeah. Uh, buy buy this beer and give it to everyone you know. Well, we'll be back with last thoughts on this lager and some other beers in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks. Today, oh, we, you weren't talking to me. No, so. I was talking to our listeners. Oh. Oh, both of them. There, Kidding. I think there's five. No, yeah, okay. I think there's five. So we've been waxing poetic, but talking about Green Man Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm still amazed about the fact that we have not done a brewery takeover of them yet. That just seems so foreign to me. But How dare um, us. I know, right? Sorry, sorry, but we're we're always up going for it. the new the new people. I blame, and they've been around forever. I blame I, Mike. Yeah, I guess I guess no, you're absolutely right. So we were talking about their lager. Beautiful American light lager, so much better than other things that are out there in the universe. And any last thoughts on it? I'm just, this is one more example of why I'm excited that craft brewers are doing lagers. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. lager was such a dirty word for such a long time uh, in American beer. And it's nice that we're coming back around. To something that should be enjoyed as one of the best types of beer, like and and is really as varied. Lagers can be as varied and and prolific as as ales could yeah. ever be. Yeah, you know, and if they're done right, and this is one more example of when why lagers and are great and why people should enjoy them. I think lagers have always been great, but it's like time is money. Yeah, and it, and it takes more time to produce a lager. And that's so true. that's why you see fewer of them. Well, and then by the time, you know, the American craft beer movement kicked off, loggers were synonymous with, you know, like yeah. the McDonald's of beer. It was, right, you right, know, right. mass produced, yeah. by cheap swill. Right. You know, you know, throw some rice in there and put it on beech wood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that beech wood contributes so much. Oh, flavor. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what age it on beech nut. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. Well, we yeah. are going to rate this beautiful lager from green man a four keep it rolling so i wanted to break away from the beer for a second and just talk about those of us that remember going to green man in some iteration and what that experience was like you know like for for dave and i our first foray into green man was at jack of the woods which yeah. was like well, it is it's a it's pub cool. that started in 1997, which um, has the Green Man logo and originally was the Green Affiliated Man, right? With Green Man, with Green Man. Yeah. Um, and when I saw that beer engine on tap, like I knew yeah. that I was home. And I think I can't remember which ones we had, but like you could have the beer, like through you know just force carb, you know normally and then you can have the same beer but through the beer engine i want to say it was the esb that we had may very well have been and anytime you can do that you can really understand how well a beer is made you know because it's completely cool spot too yeah yeah and that's the first place that that was i think the only place that i identify with having gone 
there originally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, but I would return. Um, I used to go to a place nearby called Lake Junaluska. So it's really like 30 miles from Asheville. So been there a few times and, but the ESB is really the one that I kind of remember the most, mm-hmm. even though today we've, you know, uncovered several of their perennials that are just amazing. But the ESB is the one I remember the most. Well, and it's it's a, it's the style a lot of people don't make, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not as... Well, it's a style really- that does not sell all that well, if we're being honest. You know, there's several True. breweries yeah. around Nashville have tried it and tried distributing it, and it just doesn't fly off the yeah. shelf. yeah. Yeah, they make it work. But yeah, I, the Jack of the Woods is cool. The, uh, the My favorite place the first time I went was the bar they now call Dirty Jack's, mm-hmm. which is kind of where they moved operations after they left Jack of the Wood. Mm. And it's it, it feels like a dive bar with a little small brew house in it. And it's a really cool place. It's been there forever. And it's still there. You can still go to Dirty Jack's. And then... Now, like a hundred yards down the street, is the new tap room and the new brewery, and they've they've kept all the old stuff, but they expanded and put a new brew house in, and the new place they call the Mansion, and it's it's gorgeous and beautiful and a great place to drink beer. But yeah, if you go to the South Slope of Asheville, hit Dirty Jacks and the Mansion, both they're just right there next door to each nice. other, and you've got eight other breweries, you know, just a few blocks away to check out. Yeah, and and you know what. And one thing that I love about Asheville is that you have so many, I mean, per square foot, you have so many breweries that are there, but they're all thriving and they're all doing something just slightly different. So they're, you know, they're all together and they're all coalescing, so to speak. It's, it's such a great Mecca, but mm-hmm. anyways. Okay. And while you're there on the South Slope, I always highly recommend Vortex Donuts. So you can pair your donuts mm. with your beer oh, too. Oh wow! That's yeah, really yeah it's more. like it's like on the other side of the block from Green Man. Yeah, and yeah. I do not go there without getting a good donut. Yeah. Mm. Yum, yum. Good to know because I'm going to be there this weekend. Oh, so, yes. All right, Sean's right. going to have to report back. We'll on have the to donut do a beer, beer a beer donut pairing show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, uh, several breweries around town have done those. Yeah. Like, why not? Really? Why not? It's the best of both worlds. Okay. Well, moving on there. The next beer that we're going to discuss is the Tart Berry Berliner Weiss. 4.2% ABV, light, fruity, and refreshing. Tart Berry is their fruited Berliner Weiss style that keeps people coming back for more. They produce all Tart Berry in their specialty brew house using 700 plus pounds of blackberries, raspberries, and blueberries. And no, good old boy, Mike was not harmed in this episode. (laughs) Expect a wine-like fruity punch in the aroma and a tart, dry finish. I would say that's pretty accurate. Kind of, there's sort of a wine note that comes out of this thing, and a nice, crisp, tart finish. Um, I like it, man. I mean, I think this is a pretty balanced, well done Berliner. Yeah, when you poured it, I thought, oh, no, here we go. Another fruity, <laughs> I mean, overly tart Berliner Weiss. <laughs> yeah. And then I tasted it. And the wine, when they say wine-like, holy cow, they nailed it. The fruit in this is so rich and jammy. And this is a fantastic yeah. beer. And it really does almost make me think more of a wine than a beer. It does. To me, this brings to mind, you know, we were we were... Before the episode, we were talking about Zwan's a day and just what this time of year kind of brings. And... This to me would be something that is welcomed at like a Zwanza Day festival. You know what I mean? Like it's 
It's like a Beaujolais Nouveau. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, that's a that's good, great. good analogy because just at 4.2 ABV, I would be, if I didn't know that, I would be kind of careful about drinking too much of this because it, it's, there is some, just some really great fruit, a fruit symphony, a light, bright fruit symphony going on here that's more wine-like. It's but very, now that, yeah. yeah, now yeah. you can let your hair down and drink <laughs> yep. as much and as it's, you want. And it's rich and complex. It, it, there's really a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, again, at 4.2%. I mean, there's a ton going on. What do you think, Sean? Delight, Delightful, refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm getting down with it. Yeah. Yep. Bone diggity. How cool. Well, we are going to rate the tart berry from Green Man a four. Uh, solid, uh, solid, solid. Yeah. So we have time for a couple, well, at least one more. So let's get into the wafer IPA. A bonus beer. Exactly. Six uh, percent ABV. Their American IPA was designed to be light on the malt and full of citra hop flavor. Made with American tubero, white wheat for a light body, this beer is then loaded with a combo of brewer-selected citra and Simcoe in the Whirlpool, and then dry hopped. So this is a little grapefruit pithy, a little peachy, a little apricot, and a hint of dank. So so remember when I said the original IPA, you give that to a new craft beer drinker, they're not going to have any idea that that's an IPA. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is this, what they're going to say. This is the beer they're uh-huh. going to go, oh, that's an IPA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is so modern. Yeah. And, and this is actually what I like with an American IPA myself. Yes. This is what I like. Yeah. 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 And the logo of the green man, he's got sunglasses on. There so, like, so appropriate. He's got his Wayfarers yeah. on. He does. He yeah. does. It's, it's crisp and easy drinking, and it's got all those tropical fruit and citrusy flavors and aromas and just is delightful. And I do like the just the hint of pith in my mouth because it kind of dries things out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, exactly. Hey. I don't know what to say about yeah. that. So you're saying Some your people mouth like is- a golden promise. Oh, I'm just saying. No. So you're saying your mouth isn't moist. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Not today. Come on, man. It's, you know what? You guys need to grow up. Everybody knows that pith is just a little white part inside the peel. Come on. Like (laughs) y'all haven't had a little pith on (laughs) you. Or in you. Or in you. Ew. You know, we're all basically 90% pith anyways. I thought we're 90% water. Okay. Well, anyways. I'll let you make the connection. Okay. I think this is delightful. Just classic American style IPA. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Nice Mm. use of uh, Citra and Simcoe. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, the hops are doing all the work in this one. The grain bill is just, it's there to present everything. Well, I like the the, the fact they use the white wheat, which is like extremely light, but it still gives a little bit of sweetness and a little bit of that extra body. Softens it up a bit. 100%. No no caramel. Nothing nothing to compete with it. Yeah. But again, no fuss, no muss, you know, in the scheme of things. And we already are in love with the regular IPA. This is nice to know that this is a departure from that one, but it's still classic. It's balanced. It's everyday It is classic. And as we talk about now defunct, you know, but great former brewers, this reminds me a little of the, um, of 
the Liberty IPA. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be a roadblock, Reverend Mark. <laughs> uh, the beer is coming around. <laughs> so we're going to have another. Oh, wait. What are we going to rate yeah, this beer? Yeah, what are we going to rate this beer? I mean, what do you guys want to rate it, man? I mean, that's- I'm, I'm like... For what it is. Okay. Yeah. We're going into the what five range. We got we got the happy hands. We're back to the fives. All back right. to the fives. No jazz hands. Happy hands. Mm. Happy hands. Okay. We've got time for another one. So let's talk about the Trickster Tropical Juicy IPA. This one's got a little bit more ABV on it. This is a 7% ABV. Their American IPA. Um, sorry, their Juicy Tropical American IPA is brewed with a combo of American two-row and English pale ale malt. They create a platform for us to launch carpet bombing barrage. Their words, not mm. mine. Of El Dorado, mm. Mosaic, and Simcoe for your taste buds. We hop this beer only at Whirlpool before dry hopping twice for almost three pounds per barrel of dry hops. Wow. So it... it- and to me, like Simcoe and El Dorado are both sort of aggressive hops. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like is, you know, Mosaic is my favorite hop, and it's a very well-rounded hop. So it feels like it's sort of kind of refereeing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, hey, whoa, whoa, easy guys, easy guys. Let's not get too crazy. Yeah. But I, I like what each of those hops brings to this beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you do get some of the tropical stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of the Wayfarer turned up to 11. You know, it's it's a lot more intense. It has more complexity, The but the hops are even just more in your face. You know they're there. And and what you were saying, too, about those the, the, the Eldorado and the Simcoe, I mm-hmm. mean, they're just all over the place in this. Yeah. They are, but it's still balanced. That nice creaminess yeah. that's there yeah. just helps kind of glide everything along. And I mean, if you're not used to Eldorado hops, this is a nice showcase of that, like in a not too pungenty, you know, mm-hmm. kind of way, which I really am enjoying. And I'm also enjoying the fact that we started off with like their basic IPA and then we went to their Wayfarer and now we're kind of stepping up with this one. Mm-hmm. The um, palate bruiser. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but it doesn't. It doesn't. No, yeah. no. No, it is a nice refreshing. But what's cool yeah, IPA. is like in each one of them, the malt bill is exactly right to match the hot profile. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So balanced. And, it, and that's the markers of a really good brewer too, to know when to kind of roll with the punches, you know, and let the hops still shine. Yeah. Well, and, and just to keep, you know, either thing from getting too out of whack, Yeah, you know, cause, and especially the bigger a beer gets, the harder it is to keep that balance between right. the malt and the hops, you know. Right. The only thing I would just ask of everybody else is that it is a there's a massively amount of hops used on the dry hopping, and I'm getting some of the aroma, but I don't know that I I'm like getting overwhelmed by it. So no, that's I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's the only yeah, thing I would yeah. like, kind of a little more backpedal on a little yeah. bit. Well, that I'm not getting that, but other everything else is just right on spot, right spot on. But this, this, the, I'm not getting what it's suggested here in the nose. But maybe is that because it's fresh and it's cold? It like could if be. it, it could, warmed it, it up could a be. little bit, yeah, yep. right. And I mean, and there's a fine line with the warmer IPA too. But right. maybe how, that's how all that's needed. It could yeah. be. It could be. Is that good? What do you think, Sean? 
it's tasty. It's very fresh and uh, yeah, it's uh, the mosaic is definitely nicely balanced by the by the Eldorado and Simcoe. It's not a mosaic in your face, but it, you definitely sure. know it's there. Sure, sure. One, it's not a big old cat pee slapping them. And, yeah, it's either. not the Simcoe. Yeah, yeah, it's not a Simcoe. So it's bomb. not too much of any one thing, which is great. Yeah. No, I. They did a great job with it. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. We are going to rate the trickster from Green Man a four. So uh, tricky. I'm just so impressed by this flight. And as I'm looking at our empty cans, you know, the variety is you're not seeing any pastry stouts. You're not mm-hmm. seeing any, like, you yes. know, funky lactose bombed. Like nothing goofy. Yeah. No. They, they no. always have done a great job. And and I think back to a long time ago when I was in retail, you could always count on all the Green Man beers being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Consistency. Um, you owe it to yourself to go and visit Green Man the next time that you're in Asheville. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. That's going to wrap it up for today. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a roof. Just tap that subscribe button and get it out of the way. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry even to play podcasts, Suds and Smokes. Oh, it's my turn. It is. <laughs> hey, uh, we love your feedback and can reach us online at info at sipsudsmokes.com. Oh, sorry, sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll be able to interact with the thousands the millions. of other fans and those <laughs> social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. How many stars? Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> if you're listening to us online, that's a big you help to us. And we stars. get to see your feedback as five well. Five stars. Well, go to bug Kendall. Thank you so much for joining. It was really great to be here on Green Man Day. I love these guys. Yay. And please tell us about your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at BeerMax3.com. Reverend Mark, thank you so much thank for being you. here. Thank you, thank you. And it is so good to be here to discuss Green Man, finally. I know, right? Finally, it's thank you. It's almost embarrassing. Yeah. Good old boy, Sean, thanks for being here. Glad to be back. All I can say is, hello, darkness, my old friend. Green Man Porter still tastes great oh, again. Gosh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Good old boy, Dave. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> Dave, we really depreciate you. <laughs> Such love. They're Such so love. spatial. This is good God, Juliana. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch you next time and keep on chuggling. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 